Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junton. We're here with a special guest. He is right-handed pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, Matt Festa. How's it going, brother? It's going well, man. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Like I said earlier, this is big time because the reason why I'm so fired up to have you on is, is you're an Italian guy, just like me. Full-blown Italian, an Italian last name, Festa. You're from New York. It's just an incredible duo, you and I, so I'm fired up for this, man. Absolutely. Love that energy. So, so let's go into the New York thing first, because I have most of my family, actually, when they came back from Italy, like they, they traveled to North America, most of them actually still live in New York when they immigrated. So I, I got a couple of roots down there. Let's go into New York. I mean, what's your top three, I guess, New York mafia movies? I'll start it off and then we'll go into you. Okay. The first one is a little underrated. A Bronx Tale. You know that movie? Electric. Of course. Of course. Gotta Bronx t- it goes Bronx Tale, The Godfather. And maybe we'll throw in the Sopranos. It's a show, but I'll throw in the Sopranos. We'll go in there. Those are my top three kind of mobster movies. Actually, the I, we'll, I don't know. We'll just go. Those are my top three. What are yours? Those are. I mean, you got to keep Bronx Tale and The Godfather in there. Um, a third one, I guess, is kind of tough because I, I don't really know a real third one. The Sopranos is an all-time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe The Godfather 2? I don't know. Yeah. The Godfather The Godfather 2 is good, and I was honestly heartbroken at The Godfather 3. It just – it was it was a tough look, not the greatest movie of all time. I don't think but I've actually Godfather, ever sat through the whole thing anyway. <laughs> and I want to go through this with you because this is just me being an Italian guy. Did you kind of have some sort of sense of pride when you're watching The Godfather? Like, holy shit, like, these are my roots, you know? Like that Italian – obviously not the mafia – the Italian culture, the Italian background, the massive family dinners. I kind of felt some sort of sense of pride when I'm watching those movies. What about you? Uh, yeah, some good energy, some old school Italian. Um, I got to relive some of that in my own in my own life, you know, going to like big Christmases and Thanksgivings and stuff like that. So it's it's nice to see it on the big screen. Um, I think I resonated more with the Bronx Tale because my family is, uh, is they're from Brooklyn. You know, I, I was born in Brooklyn, but I never really got I never was raised in Brooklyn. So that energy is more instilled in me, that Brooklyn energy. Yeah. And, dude, I was, like, a couple days ago, I was bored, and I was just watching clips from a Bronx Tale. What a flick, man. Like, honestly, it is such an underrated flick, and it's surprising it's not talked about, kind of like The Godfather and all those kind of stuff, because it's such a good movie, man. It's such a niche movie, too. That I feel like that's why people don't really talk about it, because you got to be in the mood for that mafia. Yeah. yeah you got to be really in the mood, so... And the Northeast people, they, I mean, they swear up and down. They, it's in their top five, everybody. But maybe on the West Coast, not so much. True, exactly, man. What's your favorite uh, pizza joint in New York? I know there's uh, John's from Bleakers, right? I believe that's the name of it. Uh, uh, that, that's yeah, like one of the top ones there. There's a good one on Bleaker. I get most of my pizza on home on Staten Island. Staten Island's got great pizza. You got Lee's Tavern. Um, you got Nona's. You got... Um, you got a couple other ones, uh, Domenico's. I mean, they're all obviously Italian names, but, you know, I can't go wrong with Staten Island. True, exactly. I mean, I just like it. This is just a self, sense of self-pride growing up Italian. I just I just think it's – I love being Italian. It's just one of the greatest things of all time, and I'm not going to apologize for it. It's the greatest background of all time. And you kind of have some sort – you kind of have that New York accent to you. I don't know if people have mentioned this to you, but you kind of have that New York Italian accent going. Have you noticed that a little bit? It, come, it comes out when I'm talking to somebody about – you know, being Italian, <laughs> I put it away. I went, I went out to college in Pennsylvania, so it kind of faded a little bit. Then it comes back, comes back when I'm angry, you know, it, it comes in waves. That's electric, man. And here's a question for you. Do I kind of have 
a little bit of a Canadian accent? Like, is that something you can kind of tell? You sound, Toronto, you sound like you're more like yeah, northern New York, if anything, okay. close to the border for sure. That's an honor. I mean, I'd love to be like just from Buffalo, be a part of Bill's Mafia, because it's, it's one of the greatest things of all time. The U.S. of Edge, the Bill's Mafia. I love it. I love the smashing through tables, blackout yeah, drunk, the whole energy. They're nuts. I went to college with a kid from Aurora, met some some friends from right outside the city of Buffalo. They're literally all the same. They're crazy. Yeah. And I have a little bit of uh I was reading the receipts of your Twitter and you actually retweeted something last November. Like that was just talking about how good Daniel Jones is. So I'm going to give you a chance. Can you re- retract that? Or are you still thinking Danny Jones, Danny Dimes is a good quarterback? Hey, I'm all about the process. So, you know, you got to let the kid work. You got to let the kid work. He has some bad moments. He has some good moments. Uh, you, you put together a team around a quarterback and that makes a quarterback better. So he's kind of, you know, he's kind of in limbo right now. It's Joe Judge's first year. The team's in uh, in between space. He's got no help on the on the front line. He's got no help in the backfield now. So it's like he's out there on his own. He is. He is. And he has no Saquon. Like he doesn't yeah. have Saquon either. And the Giants are in the hunt, by the way. They're in the hunt right now for a playoff spot. They're keeping me sucked in. I gotta. I still gotta pay <laughs> attention for some reason. Dude, I don't know what's going on about that team, man, but I just like – I kind of like watching them, to be honest. It's just like you never know who's going to come out of nowhere. There's going to be a guy from a, a practice squad getting like two two tubs and a, and 200 yards of receiving. Might be the only person I know who says they like watching the Giants games. They're I not, don't mind it. I, I really don't mind it. I really don't mind it, even watch, though – man. It's it's okay. I like Joe Judge. I like the whole tennis balls shit he was doing in the training camp. He's just a weird guy. I think there was a rumor that he almost I, – I think – came to blows with his defensive coordinator. I don't know if you heard that. No, he did. Yeah, that's what the report says. He, he fought him. He fought him, and then, they, then he fired him. That's electric. Can you imagine having that much, like, big dick energy where it's like, I'm going to fight you and then just shit can you the day after? Just an electric thing. And the guy was like, he was like 6'7". He's gigantic. Yeah, he's a freak. Joe Judge, Joe Judge is a freak. But I wanted to go into the New York baseball scene because we've had a couple guys on this pod from New York. I believe I could be wrong on this. Kevin Smith is from New York. Tyler Osick. I don't know if Ke- Kevin Smith might be from New Jersey. But yeah, being in a Joe, he, he played in Maryland. Yeah. He might be a Long Island kid. I'm not really sure. He might I think I think he is. I think he is. I play caught him every night, so I'm like an idiot. Yeah. Not knowing where he's from. <laughs> but whatever. I apologize, K Smith. But yeah, like in the New York baseball scene, you guys kind of get the short end of the stick, just like we do here in Canada, where you're only playing like four or five months a year on an actual baseball field. Did you kind of see that when you went into spring training or when you got drafted that there's these kids that have been playing every month, every day for their whole lives, and you kind of on a baseball field, and we kind of have to start off in indoor training right when October hits all the way to like March? Yeah, it kind of resonates when you see the the high school kids and you see how are at the ages of 19 and 20 uh, and you're just I mean you're just blown away but like by the talent you're like how did you develop this fast because you know the northeast anybody in the northeast these cold weather states like <clears throat> they are considered late bloomers because of that that process they have to go through where they're they're getting a short end of the stick like half 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 the time out of the year yeah. uh, that was the one thing I noticed like the high school kids they are just above and beyond so good those western Cali kids Texas kids even the Florida kids, unbelievable talent. So who's that like kind of Mike Trout figure from your draft year? Like a guy that was everyone in New York, everyone along, everyone knew who this guy was. He was going to be the, he's the goat of your area during your draft year. During my draft year was at 2016. 
Oh, I don't know. Or even out of high school. We'll just say out of high school, like the guy that was just tormenting New York high schools. Was it you? I don't know. Absolutely not. No, I wasn't that good in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I coming out of high school, I don't really know many people that was, I mean, I was, I played in the Catholic high school league. There wasn't a lot of studs coming out of the CHSSA in New York. You know, when you come out of New York, you usually come out of these academies, these private schools, like Ian Anderson, yeah. he came out of like a, He's from New York, but he came out of some private school, I think in Connecticut. Um, I know Justin Dunn, one of my teammates, he's from Long Island, but he also played in some academy in Connecticut. Like that's what they go to. Like when you're that good yeah. at the high school level in New York, you don't really play ball in like the public league or the Catholic high school league. You could go to some academy. And there's a university in New York. I think it's in New York. They are one of the worst college baseball teams in the history of baseball. I think they're called the Peacocks, the St. John. Is that you know what team I'm talking about? If you're saying St. John's, they're not the Peacocks. Okay, what are they called? I don't St. St. Johnny's are the Reds. They're like the, no, okay, the, no, 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 I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about them. There's a team in New York. Oh, you talking about LIU, maybe? No, that's Long Island, right? I and mean, I'm not talking okay. I'm not the LIU Brooklyn. The LIU Brooklyn is the they're like the Blackhawks. There's a team, and maybe if I give you the background, you kind of help me on this. This team, I believe, has won, went three and 73 over the last four years in baseball. Like, it's one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. And it's going to St. Peter's, not St. John's. Oh, St. Peter's. I mean, St. Peter's. Considered New York. I think they're considered New Jersey. Okay, New Jersey. Well, okay, it's a New Jersey team. They are one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Yeah. And honestly, I hit 186 in JUCO, so I'm not the greatest baseball player of all time, obviously. They would beg for me to come this team. If they knew about me, they would beg for me yeah, to come see, on this I've, team. I had a couple friends that went to St. Peter's. They did not enjoy it, but, you know. It's just like, and this is my thing here. Maybe you can help me out on this because you're, you, you, play, you play baseball at a high level. If you're a D1 school, how is it how is it possible to be that bad? Like you know, I'm assuming you don't have funding and all that kind of stuff. That's but you still you're still kind of facing good teams. Like, how is it so hard to recruit guys to go to these kind of schools? It has to, I mean, funding is definitely the beginning of it. You know, if the school's not really behind the program, it's it's hard to get money for scholarships. It's hard to convince kids to go to that school. It's hard to have facilities to convince kids to come to that school. And I don't know. Maybe it comes down to the coaching staff as well. I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I mean, yeah, maybe they should hire me to go somewhere. Maybe they should hire me as the recruiting coordinator. We'll be getting dogs there. Get I mean, some, a young yeah, you, new energy in there. A young you would have went there, and let, just just the start of the year before it got canceled. They're one in fifteen. Like at the start of the year, like they're they're losing games twenty-one nothing, like twelve nothing. It, it's just a tough look. At, what, at what point do they downgrade? They got to go D two. They got to slide down. They have to. They really have to. It's like I thoughts and prayers to I mean, thoughts and prayers to this team because you hate to see it. And I, those would be that would be a weekend for me, a guy who is obviously terrible in junior college. That would be a weekend I'd circle on the calendar because that weekend I'm going four for eight. Yeah, you which, isn't, which isn't really that good against that team, but I'm going four for eight. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to go into your university because I believe you went to a school. How was it called? St. Peter Petersburg. How do you say yeah, East Stroudsburg? East Stroudsburg. East Stroudsburg University. Yeah. So, so what made you like, what went into that decision? If you go in there, was it, uh, is it close to home for you or is it a little bit further? Um, it's not that bad. It's in the Poconos, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour and a half away from me. But uh, originally I, I wasn't really um, highly touted out of high school. I got a scholarship offer to go to Merrimack, but couldn't really afford it. So I ended up going to a, like a college that my family could afford Dominican college, which is a very small division two school up in Orangeburg, right by the Palisades mall. You could, you wouldn't even, you could drive past and not even notice it. It's so small. 
And then uh, halfway through my sophomore year, I was like, I really want to take this baseball thing to the next level. I need better facilities, maybe a better, um, you know, team to be around me. So I, I looked to transfer and East Stroud, I found a home in East Stroudsburg. All I said to the coach was, you know, I want a baseball field on campus somewhere I can throw indoors during the winter and a weight room. And they were like, we have a field house because there was a, the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference is a huge track and field and wrestling conference. And they had this massive indoor field house that you can like, I could long toss in in the winter. I was like, this is amazing. And I never had a baseball field on campus at Dominican College. Their baseball field smacked up right in the middle of campus. I was like, this is great. And then the rest was history after that. So what was the party scene like there? Was it kind of, were, were people getting after it there? Or is it just like a small oh, school? Yeah, East Stroudsburg is, East Stroudsburg is awesome. It's like a, it's like a small little town in itself. And it has, it has D1 potential for sure. A lot of good really? energy on Main Street, a lot of great bars, really good athletics, really good football team, basketball team, women's sports, men's sports, like that brings the party scene when you have all those successful athletic facilities going on. So where you kind of look like, is there a drink named after you there? Like, are you looked upon as a legend? Because like I said, you, you like you said, it's definitely not like a high tier tier. Like it's a high tier school. So when they have guys getting drafted and having guys making the show, you must be like a, a highly touted legend there, right? Uh, my show face around campus is it's pretty cool. There's no drinks named after me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that popular. <laughs> But uh, they got a they got a couple of drinks down on Main Street that are specific to East Stroudsburg. It's kind of like uh, it's like vodka, Monster, and like orange juice, and everyone gets these things all over. They're awesome, and that's like the blackout special in East Stroudsburg. Dude, that's I love the thing that we don't have here in Canada is, is like we don't have these bars that are kind of just dedicated to the school. Like we don't have drinks named after the school and stuff. And my experience with that is, is I told the story on the pod before. I went to the University of Michigan. My buddy's on the lacrosse team. Shout out Nosy. And um, there was this drink called the Mind Prone at this school. And it was you. I, I had no idea what was going on. So I'd, I'd go up to the bar and I'd say, can I get a Mind Prone? That's what he told me. And they would put every alcohol on the on the bar in the drink with lemonade, and you would drink this. You would have no idea there's alcohol in it. I had three, and I, I blocked it like I died. I legitimately <laughs> thought I died. You have to like drink it really fast. It was like a rule to it, or you like sipped on it. No, you you could you could do whatever you want, but me thinking like me pretending I was some sort of nail gun, like just a legend. I was like, oh, this is fucking nothing. I'm gonna crank this shit. Yeah, and I just don't remember the rest of the night. It was one of the scariest experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and you I just don't remember. Spiral out of control. And then that was like, and then the day after it was Michigan Wisconsin college football game day, and we woke up and I had to get after it in the morning, and I was like, holy shit! Like my mind is in a blender right now. So those drinks at the schools. And the one that you just mentioned, by the way, sounds electric. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> You've had a couple. You've definitely had a couple for sure back in your day. I make, I make them at home now, yeah. That's. I mean, uh, there you go. That's one thing you learned in university. Because most of the stuff that I learned in JUCO, I don't think I've even taken with me besides some of the drinks we had. Because there was a drink. I don't, I don't know if you guys have this in, like, your part of the country. But there's a drink of vodka called Barton's. Do you know that? Bar was it? Is it a plastic bottle? It's a plastic one. Yeah, yeah plastic. I've seen those around. <laughs> Dude, we used to just demolish these. It's sick. It's so it's a 60 ounce, which is like one of those massive, massive vodkas. Yeah. And it was like eight dollars in Nebraska. Right. So it was just one of the most insane. It tasted so bad. It just you have to be at the bottom of the barrel in your life to be drinking that. And we were. It's just a crazy, crazy drink, man. I mean, uh, you miss college, right? You miss university a little bit. Absolutely. I love, I miss being around a bunch of people my age with, you know, the same type of energy and the passion to just, you know, 
whatever time of the day it is to just either just hang out or, you know, just throw down. Exactly. Oh man. You're, you're firing me up right now, to be honest. I just love to hear that. But at the baseball, at that school, were you just kind of dominating because you get drafted out of there, which is pretty good. Obviously seventh round, top 10 round draft pick, which is amazing. Pretty good chunk of change in the bank account. Cha-ching. What was, uh, what was your stats like there? Were you just carving people up or what? Um, it took a, it took a, a little bit while to develop. I, I had um, a pretty solid ERA coming into that conference for the first time. And I was getting adjusted to metal bats for the first time, even in high school um, in New York, we played wood and I played same. Wood. Yeah. I played wood in my first division two um, school that I went to. So when I got to East Stroudsburg, it's all metal bats. So I had to get used to that. And then by the end of my college career, my, my redshirt senior year, the year I got drafted, yeah, I fucking dominated. <laughs> what were you like? Were you just putting up these video game numbers where it's like seven innings, 12 punchies? I was, com- yeah, complete game every time. You're not taking me out of the game and I'm striking everybody out. Like, that's what's happening. Hell yes. Yeah. Were you incorporating the smelling salts pregame to kind of get you in the mood? Honestly, I never found out about smelling salts until like high A. Like, that was. Someone threw it in my face in high A, and I was like, what was that? And after that, you know, now you just mix it in the bullpen all the time. Dude, and speaking about high A, we talked about this with Donnie the Cowboy Walton, my boy. You played for the one of the most electric, legendary teams of all time, the Modesto Nuts. Mm-hmm. What was it like playing in Modesto? He told a story. I don't know if this involved you, but he told a story where he was playing, and he was just hearing gunshots and shit. Like in the middle of a game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was our field. Yeah, yeah. That was Modesto. I mean, Modesto is sketchy. And then like, there's a couple times we come to the field, um, show up in the clubhouse like 1 p.m. and you could hear like a hostage situation going down. Like there's a cops over the mic and they're like, "Ma'am, please come outside. Put the kids down." And we're like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> there's like stray dogs everywhere. Like Modesto is crazy. It was, it was a wild time. He, he said that they, like, the personnel there would tell you, like, if you're going out of the stadium, you'd have to travel in, like, packs of two or three. Yeah, like, you, you can't go by yourself. You up there by yourself. Yeah, it, it, it was a weird time. The first time we came to Modesto, this is a good story. First time uh, they all drop us off to the hotel before we get settled in, um, you know, our living situations with, like, host families and stuff like that. So everyone's inside this hotel. It's, like, this sketchy, like, outdoor, like, holiday inn where all the, all the doors are outside and all the rooms are. And we're all trying yeah. to find our room. There's like 20 of us just dragging our suitcases. It's like 8.30 in the morning, 9 a.m. This low rider, windows down. Guys roll up on us, like blasting crazy music, tattoos like all over their face. And they're like, what's up? He's like, you guys the new nuts? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, cool, man. Good luck this year. That's dope. And we're like, oh, my God. He's on our side. Thank God. <laughs> So, we, so there's fans that would show up to these games. Oh, tons of fans. Yeah, people love Modesto Nut games. And you, and those rings you guys got are flashy. Like, those are, like, show rings. Yeah, those are electric cool. rings. Yeah, they did, they did it well for us. It, it was really cool. Um, I love that town, and I love the, the – any everybody that worked for that stadium, they took care of us so well. Who was on that team, by the way? Who was with you? Was it Obviously, I think Donnie was there, right? Uh, who was on that team? I mean, a ton of guys that are in the league now. Uh, Braden Bishop, Donnie Walton uh kyle lewis art warren uh who else uh we had joe rizzo called up in the beginning of the year he was he was on fire for the playoffs i think he won the mvp uh we had pablo lopez robert duggar guys that we traded to miami who are now in the show nick Nider was on that team so that's the most unfair team ever we (laughs) honestly like we were nasty but the um the rancho team obviously the dodgers organization always throwing out studs that team was filthy too and 
and we had to face the Colorado Rockies team in the championship game, the Lancaster Jethawks. And they had a bunch of studs. They had, they had uh, Garrett Hampson, um, Brendan Rogers, who was an absolute superstar coming out of high school. They had a lot yeah. of good names, but you know, we had the arms, uh, our arms dominated. Yeah. And I, I, you dominated that year also, I believe, right. I believe you were just car. Let me, let me I got, I got moved to the bullpen. That was my first full year. And it took me about a month to really get comfortable and, I really just burst onto the scene and kind of shocked a lot of people. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that too, like getting moved to the bullpen, especially as a guy that's as a starter, you're probably a starter like your whole life. Right. How weird is that? Like how big of an adjustment is that? And how like people kind of underplay that when guys get moved to the bullpen, it's such a massive, massive adjustment in like preparation and everything pretty much, man. Yeah. People love to just be like, Oh, you just move to the bullpen. You only got to throw one inning. It's like, it's a completely different mindset, completely different, routine you got to get used to your arm has to bounce back every day you got to be ready to go every day you got to be mentally sharp every day um so that was a big adjustment period for me you know like maybe the first month i didn't really have a routine pat down i was just you know they said go in i would just fire like five or six like hard ones and i'm like my arm is like ringing and i'm like all right let's go i'm, I'm fine let's let it rip and then i'd probably be hanging for the rest of the week and then i got used to it and you kind of figure out a better routine a better mentality and you know you figure stuff out Dude, yeah, and especially – and this is why I kind of wished I was a bullpen guy is because you can just pack absolute hammers in the bullpen. Oh, yeah. And it, it just won't affect you, like, at all because you're just buzzing. In the, like, the bullpen is the most electric part because you're chilling with the boys. There's a very slim chance you go in. Like, I mean, there's I mean, there's a good chance technically. But you you're know, just, you're just you know chilling you with the boys. Go. Yeah. There's, yeah, no, you're like, just chilling with the boys. There's a set, especially in the lower levels, there's, like, a – you know, there's guys who are like really hot that are going in and then there's guys that are like hundred percent down. So like you can kind of just, you can almost check yourself out sometimes and you got to be careful because you got to police yourself because nobody's watching except for the fans. You know, sometimes the coaches aren't really paying attention so you can like mess around, but don't get caught. <laughs> Dude. And what's your, like what, cause you, you played in the minors for a pretty good amount of time, but then you made the show. Congrats to that. Thank I want to be the first to congratulate you on that, by the way, yeah, but you, What's your funniest minor league story? Because on this show, you obviously have you, – you saw on the Instagram, we kind of do the minor league story of the week kind of thing where we have electric stories of fans climbing poles, people getting arrested. And there was a story a couple weeks ago that Nick Ramirez told in the Tigers where a fan just openly took a shit in, in, the, in the clubhouse, like in, in another team's clubhouse. Like he just walked into the clubhouse and took a shit. So what's your kind of Mona Lisa story from the minors? Um, damn. That's a good one. Took a shit in someone else's clubhouse. I don't know. Um, there's a there's a couple things I probably can't even say on air. I, I won't use any names, but like let's say uh, so we had we used to play everybody played odds. You know, you play odds. Everybody knows that game. Yeah, odds yeah. one to ten. It's a normal bet. We had just won the championship, and you know we're out drinking, celebrating. It's the end of the year. You know, we pulled it off, and we had ended up betting someone had a someone bet somebody like you odds you won't you won't kiss so and so like on the ear and he's like <laughs> he's wasted he's like i'm gonna do it and then like we asked one more guy he's like i just want to piss yourself right here middle of the bar he just like opens up his arms like this and just starts peeing right in the middle <laughs> of the bar just smiling and laughing and we just went nuts i mean it was it was just all time there's so much fun Oh my god, that's incredible! Like that's that. What that reminds me of is that scene with Adam Sandler where he's like, 
where the old lady's like, if pissing yourself is cool, then consider me Miles Davis. Yeah, like that, yeah. That's what I have in my head. That's and, a luxury. Like, that's that's a guy you need in your clubhouse, though. Absolutely. You need that guy. That's a guy that, that's going to have your back in war all day. Oh, man, that's a teammate that I like that I would like that I was pretty much. I would just do the dumbest shit ever. But that's electric. Like I, you guys won the championship, so you guys get a little leeway if you guys want to be idiotic. Obviously, you guys have been grinding your grinding. It your was the end of the, the season. Year. Technically, there was no more baseball, so we were letting loose a little bit. And how was that celebration like? Because I know in the minors, they they I believe they bring you guys out beer and shit and champagne and shit or no? Uh, yeah, um, we uh, they bring us beer and champagne. We did have one guy who was underage, Joe Rizzo, at the time. So we had some great fizzly, fizzly apple cider stuff. Okay. So, you know, because there's a lot of cameras out there. We don't want anyone to get in trouble. So he was he wasn't celebrating the beer and stuff like that. But yeah, when um when you win a championship and everyone's above age, there's plenty of beer and champagne in the clubhouse. And we popped up yeah. pop bottles three times that year. Winning the first half, getting to the championship, and winning the championship. It was that's we had a saying. He said everywhere, everywhere we go, the champagne flows. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, I believe you said uh, Kyle Lewis on that team, right? Yes, Kyle Lewis uh, showed up uh, probably in the middle of the second half after coming back from ACL surgery. We had gotten back I... together, so I had seen his injury um, happen firsthand, which was terrible. But to see him like come back and help us win a championship was awesome. And I want to talk about that year that he's having that he had last year. I guess I mean, were you surprised by it? Because I wasn't. I I used to see I used to see videos of this guy when he was in the minors and just how nasty he was. What, were you kind of watching what he did this year and you were like, I try to tell you so, man. This guy's nasty. I told everyone that this was coming. Absolutely. I mean, from the moment I met him um, in '16, just like seeing the way the ball comes off his bat, it was completely different. It sounded like absolute gunshots, and they're like gunshots like right center. It, it was just incredible opposite field power and you saw him kind of get hindered by the ACL surgery and kind of slow to get back into his rhythm. But I got to, I got to play with him in double a in 2018. I got to see him develop um, on a lot of videos in 2019. And then he got called up in September. I was telling people, I was like, yo, I don't play fantasy baseball, but if you do pick up Kyle Lewis. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what a year he had, man. I mean, this guy was something to watch for sure. And it sucks because obviously the Mariners play later. So I couldn't get to see that much of it. Like the 10 o'clock games are kind of tough to watch, yeah. obviously, with the Mariners and stuff. But he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the league for a long, long time. And he's going to get paid, man. He's going to get so much money. Big time. And he's going to be um, definitely going to be the centerpiece to that, uh, that, that dynasty they're trying to build over there, um, especially with Julio and, and Jared Kelnick coming up. But he's going to be – that, that cornerstone and hopefully he sticks and continues to do really well. Cause he's, uh, he's amazing at it. And speaking about guys that are, that are in that organization, our boy, Donnie Walton, your last retweet on Twitter is him just going bananas on the table tennis table. Uh, is he yeah, the best? Is he the best in the organization? Is he he's the best in the org? Gross. He's so good. <laughs> Unbelievable. He said he, I, I forget what, where he was, I guess maybe in a summer league at some point where they had a ping pong table. And he's like, dude, this is all I used to do. Like just rip ping pong all day. <laughs> he would fuck people up. And you know what? He's kind of small. So he's like just jumping around, just going nuts. Dude, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible up. watching this guy go out. And the cool thing about it, it's insane thing about him is, is he's just a nasty golfer too. So you put him on the course and he'll just shoot like 76. He's good at, yeah, he's good at everything, man. That, that kid's just a fucking stud. 
Yeah, he's just an athletic dude, man. I like Donnie Walton is definitely like a the cowboy. He's one of the all time favorites here on this podcast. He's an electric dude, man. I mean, it sucks he didn't get more at bats this year because he like he's he's nasty too. He's a grinder, man. I love having that guy behind me on the field and in the lineup. Makes me feel so comfortable back there. Um, and so he's I- also just the best clubhouse dude, and he's always smiling. He's always laughing. He makes the game so much fun. He's a glue guy. Like, he's a glue guy, right? Like, he's, I mean, the guy he's that's a glue guy, but he's also, like, most glue guys are, like, your eight hitters. He's, like, your glue guy in, like, the three-hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I was the glue guy in the – I was the glue guy not even in the lineup. <laughs> so, it just goes to show Donnie Walton, just an absolute legend. And another guy, I obviously – I like asking about free about old guests. What about Jake Fraley? Do you guys cross paths a couple times? We cross paths when he got called up uh, to AAA – in uh, 2019 after just absolutely dominating double a which was great to see um to see him like move from the race and just slide right in perfectly with our organization uh and then you know just just chat with him a couple times in the outfield i think he probably spent maybe three weeks or a month in triple a if that and just kind of just he would just shoot shoot questions about like he's like what what's it like up there what's the difference i was like bro you have everything you need already you don't need to worry about it just don't let it get to your head. It's the same game. You know, guys 60 feet away, just hit the damn ball. Yeah. And he goes up there and he kills it. He's good. And obviously, and this was a while ago, but he's maybe the goat of this show for one reason only. He had a called shot on this podcast. Like, so they were playing, I think it was spring training in February or March. And he said, like I said to him, I was like, can you hit a home run for me after this episode drops on Thursday? Can you hit a, hit a nuke for us on Thursday? Ross Stripling was pitching. And he's like, yeah, I'll see what I could do. Like, he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm watching this on this stream because obviously I couldn't get it on my like TV. And he steps up to the plate and he just gets a pitch hung to him. Mm. And he just mashes it over the right field fence. And I and that was one of the moments where I was at like a loss of words. I was like, this guy just called a shot yeah. on my show. It just it, he's he's nasty too, man. You got like the Mariners have so many guys that are that you can put into that outfield and they like compete and they'd be good. They have so many weapons. They did a great job at kind of flipping um, some of these veterans and just taking rolling the dice and getting the guys that they wanted. And the people that they brought in, they brought in have just amazing character. Like you're bringing in all these like really really good young prospects. Sometimes it might not like mesh these everybody in the clubhouse just connects per, on a personal level like everybody has fun i think that's the key to success is like the character of all these guys on our team not a, like obviously the talent's there but the character of these guys is just amazing yeah for sure and then you get called up to the show and let's go into that experience for you where were you when you found out you're playing in the show you're living that dream out and what was that like for you who was the first person you called Oh, first person I called is obviously my mom. Um, gave you a little call, obviously cry, but um, so I had asked her, I was like, Mom, when's the last time you've been to Colorado? And she was like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been to Colorado. I was like, Well, pack your bags. Well, we're going to Colorado tomorrow. And she's like, Why are you kidding me? And then my dad is on the phone, old Italian guy from Brooklyn. He goes, Colorado, are you going to pitch? Do you even know you're going to pitch? <laughs> I'm like, Buy the fucking plane ticket. <laughs> just go <laughs> just go man i'm yeah. playing in the show but w- so where where were you when you found out man did the coach do that thing where he called you into the office you thought you were in shit and then you're in the show not not that i thought that i was in shit so in that year 2018 we were training a lot of guys especially at my level in double a uh we had just mm-hmm. come in from bp 
and um, pulls me into the office. You know, around that time, like every every time you got pulled in the office, someone's getting traded to the race, someone's getting traded to Minnesota, someone's someone's getting traded to I don't even I don't even know how many trades we made that year. So many. But <laughs> yeah. so I get called in and like everyone's like, oh my God, he's getting traded. He's getting traded. And I'm sitting there. He cracks a joke about like the last outing I had. I had a couple loud outs in the ninth inning. Um, he's like, you think any of those balls would have went out in the big leagues? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, probably. They were hit pretty hard. And he was like, well, we're going to find out. You're going to go meet the team out in Colorado. And I was like, let's go. What the fuck? And my pitching coach <laughs> sitting in the room and he didn't even know that I was getting called up. And he was like, holy shit. And we just like all like jumped up, hugged. I went out to the office. Everyone's like, what's, what's happening? You getting traded? I was like, no, I'm going to the big leagues. And like the clubhouse just blew up. Holy shit! Yeah, dude, it's like were 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 a couple tears shed that day by you. You, Be honest. Only yeah, only when I called my mom. Hanging out with the boys was was no tears. It was just laughs and and fun. Um, Yeah, Yeah. when you call your parents, you cry. But were you kind of expecting getting called up? Because I want to read some of the stats here you had, which are just like idiotic video game numbers. In 2018, you went had a 2.76 ERA. 2018, you had a 2.16. 2019 you had a 264 so i mean was part of you kind of thinking like man i i i gotta get this call up soon um in 18 when i got called up i had probably a, about a week or two before that you know i'd gone I'd, i think i'd gone 20 for 20 in saves like in a row Holy and I, I was just i wasn't on cruise control but I, you know i was doing things i needed to do to prepare myself for the next level and i had asked my pitching coach i was like what do I need to do to get, you know, promoted to AAA? Like, what do I got to do to hop to the next level? And we looked at some of the things and, you know, some of the metrics that they kind of like go on the Mariners do when they, when they want to promote you. And I, you know, I was, I was hitting all the things. I was like, all right, maybe one of these days I'll get, I'll moved up to Tacoma and then I'll take the next step the next year. And I didn't expect it, but I, I made the leap over AAA and made my debut in the big leagues for pitching an inning in AAA, which is amazing. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of say this, that, double a is the hardest league to get out of because there's so many dogs there right there's a lot of guys that throw gas throw noise that mash but they're not kind of polished yet so would you say that double a was kind of the hardest league for you to get out of to go to the show or was like low a or high a when there's these dominican guys or just random guy throwing like 99 plus with ease I that was, you're to compete with i was fortunate enough to skip low a but i know there low a is a, a grind too because you got all you just have like raw talent and they don't even know where it's going half the time, or they're just taking daddy hacks. Um, but I would, yeah, I would say double A was definitely the toughest, um, you know, aside from the major leagues. But yeah, the double A, the talent there is, I mean, you're facing all the super prospects, all the all the number one to number 10 prospects. They're in double A, they're getting ready to get called up. And when you get to triple A and you're in that same boat as everyone else, where they're either trying to, you know, maybe get promoted for the first time, but more, more likely just trying to get back. And they're trying yeah. to, to clean up the things that maybe some big league scout or, or their coaching staff had said, listen, this is why we're demoting you. You need to get better at this. So when they're so focused on their deficiencies, you can exploit them easier in AAA. In AA, everyone's just trying to ball out and you're trying to be nasty. So AA definitely is a little bit harder in my opinion. And your debut in the show, you went two innings, two hits, no one runs, like humble brag, whatever, no one runs in the first first appearance. What was that like to just kind of step onto that field, Akur's field, look around and be like, I am in the show. Like, this is insane. Yeah, my first batter was Nolan Arenado with a runner on third. And my first pitch in the big leagues was a slider, strike the ball off the plate, you know, prototypical ideal slider. And he just like leans out 
pokes it single up the middle. (laughs) Okay. That was, and then the next batter is Trevor story ball one. Now we're one Oh, try and get a strike over. He hits a absolute rocket past my ear. Now I'm like, all right, runners first and second, no out. I'm like, Oh God, like how's this going? (laughs) D Gordon, you know, tells me to breathe. I'm like on the backside of the mound and you kind of just settle in and get some ground balls and you get out of it. You don't really notice the that, crowd. I didn't notice the crowd until I sat down in the, in the dugout, you know? Yeah, and what was the biggest adjustment you kind of had in the show? We talked about this. I like the off-field stuff. Was it the the private planes you guys are flying on? Was it the meals? Was it the hotels? What was the biggest adjustment that you kind of saw or, like, the biggest, holy shit, this is show? Well, I mean, the the, the travel is nuts. The hotels you're saying are crazy. Those, those are sick. But um, a little underrated thing is, like, you get a lot of off days in the big leagues, especially in compared to the minor leagues. And there's, you know, whenever you travel into a new city, you're us- you usually have like a day to yourself and you, you almost, it's enjoyable, but sometimes you don't even know what to do because you're so used to being in the minor leagues and like playing 140 games in like 135 days. And in the major leagues, like you have a couple, couple days off and you're like, wow, I kind of have a time to breathe and, and take some of this in. Yeah. The major leagues look incredible. Just some of the spreads you guys have in the dugout. Just you guys have clubbies. You just look at the clubby and say, can you get me a log of skull mint? And they'll just be back in five minutes with a log of skull. It's the coolest shit of all time. Yeah, you can say the, the most wild shit and it'll be in your locker by the end of game time. It's, it's <sighs> insane. I mean, the, the absolute first class status is there. It's an, an and who's- lifestyle. Who's one guy you got to share a dugout with or kind of even just be across the field from or even faced where you're like, I cannot believe that this guy is in the box against me or this guy's in the opposite dugout as me? Um, I'll give you – I mean, obviously, Arenado first at bat, that was, like, insane. And then I, after that, I had to learn to, like, keep my hat low and only because so I could only see the catcher and, the, like, the signs because I was just like – it would just – not that it would dome me up, but it was just like, I don't want to – I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Um, and then obviously once you finally go to LA and you, and you play Mike Trout and you see him stand in the box, Otani was another one. I didn't realize how friggin' big that guy is. He is gigantic. He's literally an NBA basketball player in the box. He covers the whole thing. He's like a spider. And then like his arms are like hovering over, the, over the plates. So you're like, he covers everything. You're like, how do you, where do you even put this ball? Dude. I, and, and Mike Trout, he obviously doesn't show it that he's like confident or wherever, like there's no intimidation factor with him. But how in like, how exactly intimidating is that to just, you're stepping on the mound. You look, you obviously you look up and you see one of the greatest of all time in the batter's box against you. What is kind of running through your head there, man? The difference with Mike Trout is like, he's the only player that, you know, I can feel even without asking my teammates at the time, like when I was just coming up in 18 or even in 19, where even they knew there's like, you know, you could, you could sometimes just get a strike in on somebody, you know, get ahead, do this, do that. They know, everybody knows at any moment, any, any time in the count, this guy is going to put this ball over the fence and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, yeah. and he doesn't like, he's not cocky about it. He just like steps in the, he has just like presence and everybody on the field knows they're like, all right, everyone get on your toes real quick. Cause we need to, we can't miss here. You have to For be, sure, man. almost have to be perfect. What was it like? Um, what was it like pitching against it? Like, what is he lifetime against you? Uh, he is three at bats. He's one for two. So I've hit him. I've hit him with the bases loaded. Um, 
with a backed up slider. Uh, his first step out against me, I jammed him, but he so strong. He just poked the double down the line. And then my last at bat against him last July, I struck him out on three pitches. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good night, Mr. Trout. That's yeah, electric. That was, that, I had a really good outing against the Angels that time. Finally settled in. Um, but, yeah, hitting him with the base load wasn't too fun. No. Yeah, I just not a great look at all. No, actually, but terrible. <laughs> when you were with the Mariners in that 2018 season, I always asked I, – I think I asked this to Donnie. But um, when you guys are playing the Jays, right, do you guys feel like it is an away game? But were you there, by the way, when the J- when the when they play the Jays? No. So I have a, a different story about what it's like, like teams that travel well. So in yeah. 18, I, I think I had missed the Blue Jays game. Um, I know Donnie might have played them against them in 19 when yeah. I, I didn't get called back up after that year in AAA. But in 18, I got called up for a weekend to play against the Dodgers. Dodgers were in town in Seattle. They had – I mean, the, stand, the stands were all blue. And – they had, you know, like a, you know, soccer games that have like those giant flags that cover like an entire section. They had a yeah. LA Dodgers sign like big flag that like covered the entire like first base line. And I'm looking around. I'm like, is this serious? Like, what, how does this even happen? I'm from New York. Like teams don't travel well in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. What are, what are all these LA people doing in Seattle? And they're like, it happens with Toronto. It happens with the Dodgers. I was like, this is crazy. It's disrespectful. There's Dodger chance louder than Mariner chance. and it's insane i'm not a big fan of the dodgers fans i I, like i said i I thought they were going to lose in the world series so i was roasting dodgers guys and they just came back Mm -hmm. i I believe in the when they were playing the braves actually but um yeah man i'm not a big fan of dodgers fans who would you say is like the worst fan base to deal with at away games that just put your mind in a blender with chirps houston houston trash people did they roast like were they roasting your ass? Like what, what was going on? It's, no, so like you're kind of protected in Houston, where like the, the bullpen is oh yeah, is underneath yeah. the stands, but like those, I mean, I just something about those those people in that stadium. I don't really like them. What were you lifetime against the Astros? Like because th- this was prime. This is prime garbage. I gave up my bang. first walk off like, home run against the Astros. Yeah. Um, that was last year against Guriel. Gave a walk off home run, but like I had done a really good job in the ninth inning. Um, I struck out Bregman with the bases loaded. And then second batter in the 10th inning, you know, I, I missed up and in. And Guriel's like turbo zone. He loves that up and in because he just like steps in the box. He steps in the bucket and just like torpedoes it yeah. to left. Um, so I, I haven't had the best time against Houston. Yeah, but that was like, like I said, if you play them in 2018, that's prime garbage banging time. Like that's yeah. exactly when they were doing it, right? Like there yeah, was, that was, there was guys. I, that, I, that was, I got my first start in, uh, during that, during that year. I started against Houston. Uh, they did the, uh, it was like the first time they did the Mariners did the opener. I was yeah. this guy. They just, you know, tagged me. They're like, how would you want to start? And I was like, fuck yeah, give me a ball. <laughs> uh, and I went out there for one inning, had uh, Springer Altuve Correa. No, Springer Altuve Bregman went one, two, three. No hits, no walks, no punchies, and kind of just walked off the mound, just exhaled. Yeah, because you, because like you might have been, you might, you, you were there, obviously. Like I said, would prime garbage bank. Could, could you notice that when you were pitching, maybe? Or I, would, no? you, I don't, you, I don't you know, know if I ever really noticed it. I know that for the times that we were there and we were uh, in really tight games, um, there might have been some murmurs in our in our dugout and our clubhouse about potential sign stealing, but not to the extent where we figured it was like through digital. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, normal baseball stuff, relay stuff. So in the, yeah. like game to game, we were like flipping signs and, and figuring out new ways to, you know, uh, keep things moving. But yeah, th- there was times where like, people were like, 
dude, they're all over us. Like they have to know, but I don't think we ever personally, when I was there, heard any garbage banging. Yeah. And I, I it's obviously hard to hear, especially with like how they pack their stadium. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, so loud, they so, yeah. Yeah. It's sold out every time. So mm-hmm. it's definitely hard to even if you're a pitcher, even acknowledge that or even notice it, but it is, it, it, it was a, you could definitely, if you look back on the videos and there's like John boy and all those guys made videos of it. It's crazy, dude. Like it's, crazy it's, it's, it's it insane. Yeah. It's insane. Like if you look back on that, you're maybe thinking like you're watching a game. Cause maybe I was watching a game against the Jays and I would just be hearing a bang and it'd be like, Oh, it's just a fan like doing like a bang or whatever, like at the Indian stadium. But no, dude, it's, yeah. it's insane how like naive we maybe we were. We didn't notice it like at all. I personally thought that the buzzer kind of theory that like, maybe they had the buzzer or not. I thought that was, you know, fucking genius. If they it is genius. ever pulled off, I was like, no one would ever, ever, ever in a million years pat down a baseball player and check for a buzzer. Yeah. And, and, and I just love like the excuses, all that. And they had a great postseason. So you got to tip. I mean, I got to tip my cop to like, they had a really good postseason. Oh yeah. They year, put so. their ass off. Yeah, they really did. And I mentioned in, the, in like at the start of the show, you're, you're with the mayor. Are you still on contract with the Seattle Mariners? Yeah. So right before I, I got in Tommy John surgery, but right before I got Tommy John surgery, I was taking off the 40 man roster. So technically now just a minor leaguer trying to make my way back to the league. Okay. So how's that Tommy John surgery rehab going? Are you one of those guys that's going to be like the fastball is going to be just, eating uh, yeah, I hope those- so. I feel fantastic I'm excited to uh kind of put it all together I'm now in month eight of 12 um getting on the mound on and off now trying to ramp back up should line up perfectly for spring training I got my surgery in March this year right before COVID hit and 12 months lines up with next spring training so I should really miss the only thing I really missed was this kind of abbreviated season which is you got lucky it's the best time to get surgery honestly yeah, you kind of got lucky. I mean, technically, we're not going to say, like, getting Tommy John is getting lucky. But no, how weird guy. is it, though? How weird is it, is it, though, like, after the surgery? Because, obviously, they I'm not a surgeon. I don't know. I, I, I studied art in junior college, so I don't really know what it is. But they, they I'm assuming they put something else in that elbow, right? Yeah, so what they do like is this, they – there are a couple scars down here. They take – if you have this little um, tendon in here, I forget what they call inner wrist, yeah. Yeah, it's inner wrist, and they, they pull that out, and that replaces your that's your new Tommy Johnson. So okay, out of here, put it in here because this, so this how, is kind of useless. Yeah. So how weird was that though? Like just even feeling it, like kind of moving your arm and all of that. It wasn't that honestly. I don't want to say Tommy John surgery is overrated, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, this is a hinge joint. You know, it moves two directions, flexion and extension. So once you get this range back, you kind of feel like you're ready to go because all was, now you don't have a torn UCL. Like your elbow feels good. You're like, it doesn't yeah. pain anymore when I like flex and I extend my elbow, but you got to be patient. You got to grind out the program and be slow with it. You, you have to slowly introduce the stress. So it's just very tedious. I wouldn't say it's, it's a hard process. It's just very tedious. Yeah, very there's cool a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors you have to follow, a lot of stuff you have to kind of go through, right? I mean, there's yeah, like a you, guidelines every single day. Yeah, you want to slowly introduce the workload so that, you know, you want this thing to last another 10 years. You don't want it to last you too. Yeah, for sure. And what, and what, like, how did you tear UCL? Was it in the middle of like a fastball and you're just like, Dang, oh shit, oh shit. No, so they had, when they had looked at, I was dealing with elbow pain coming out of, coming into um, January, into spring training when I was rebuilding my arm strength back up. And I was like, you know, that feels weird. Maybe it's just, you know, normal, normal achiness, but I wasn't recovering. So I knew something was different. And honestly, my last bullpen right before I, got the MRI up. I mean, I was sitting 93. I was, I was throwing through pain, but it like, it just the day after felt terrible. 
And I just had, I had two minor tears. I had a, a old one and a new one. And, you know, they're like, listen, this thing is on its way out. We got to go in and, and, and give you a new one. So I, I was in, in incredible pain and it didn't like, I wasn't the, the guy who like it popped on me mid pitch, but oh. at, at some point it would have. So I'm glad I got yeah, it before it did. That's one of the most gruesome things to watch in baseball is when a guy pitches and he just immediately knows like this is this shit's torn. Yeah, you see him just like grab the back of his elbow or anything like that and just like hang it off. That's a heartbreak. Yeah, dude, and uh, and another another thing too, which is kind of cool, is I is you pitched got to pitch at the Tokyo Dome for the Mariners. What was that like? That was unbelievable. Yeah, I got I got to pitch. I pitched in Ichiro's last game uh, through the ninth and the tenth inning, Um, and just being in Japan with the guys was unbelievable experience in that culture was crazy what was one of the biggest differences because i haven't traveled obviously outside of i believe yeah i haven't traveled anywhere near there so what was like the biggest culture shock you kind of had there um no handshakes so everyone's just it's all head bowing which i was i got so behind it was so easy to just like see people and be like thank you thank you you just do that (laughs) when you're walking out of the stadium there's like a hundred reporters a hundred people working in the stadium they're all like they're all looking to shake your hand and talk to you, but they just like give you the head nod. And I'm like, I'm just walking by like doing this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like you're listening to a tune or whatever. Yeah. Like, and then uh, the bullpen uh, was indoors. So you, it was very weird. You like, you have no, there's no energy or like fan energy. So you're like, you're kind of just like, you're inside, like you're a basement, I guess. And then you walk through the clubhouse and the kitchen out onto the field. What? That was the weirdest thing. That's so you insane. have to like I- crank up on like, caffeine and pre-workout to keep yourself like ready to go because yeah you're you're basically like dead in there like there's no energy and what was Ichiro's last game like I mean that atmosphere must have just been banana land right insane 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 those people stayed for like a whole hour after the game and didn't leave I'm pretty sure they did a standing ovation for like 30 minutes they did not stop They didn't sit down. They did not stop clapping. They did not stop screaming, taking pictures. He did the, you know, the the, the classic frat lap around the baseball field. It was unbelievable. It's the, the wave. It was so cool to watch. What a legend. Yeah, what a really legend. Was. I thought he was going to walk that it off. At that, at, he had so many opportunities. I think he had two opportunities to walk it off, and I was like, this is it. He's going to write his own story and, and walk it off right here. But see, the thing is, that would be cool. Wait, he was going to walk it off on you? No, walk it off. Like, in the 10th inning, he had gotten up. I think in the in the ninth he had the opportunity. Either in the ninth. Was it against you though? No, it's your, I was on Nichiro's team. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I was confused there for a second. But no, you were yeah. on his team, yeah. But he had gotten up at, at some point in the game. I think he. I think we pulled him in the tenth. Um, but in the ninth, I think he had the opportunity to like walk it off, and I was like, if he walked it off right here, this place is literally going to explode. That might be if he would have walked it off. That would have been one of the coolest baseball moments ever. Like, yes. I, it, it already it, was that. It already was, it, but that yeah. would have. Yeah. Oh my God! That stadium would have been just been idiotic. Like just one of the like. It would have went oh nuclear. Yeah. Oh God! Imagine being that much of a legend though in like your country. When you go back, you can't like you can't walk anywhere without being bombarded with. You need like eight bodyguards around you. Imagine being that cool. That's what it was like for all of us too. It was crazy being like in that atmosphere. Like it was like if you were Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt walking around New York City, like you can't walk outside. They will find you. They chase you across the street. They follow you to the coffee shop. They run after you like that. They were, they were <laughs> chasing us into our hotels. We had security guards, like pushing them away, pushing them back. You couldn't even go grab a cup of coffee on your own. If you wanted to explore Japan. Cause they would be like, uh, uh you Seattle Mariner, Oakland athletics. Like they'd come up to you and they're like, they, they're running through their, their book, looking for your face. They're yeah. like hundreds of people just chasing you. 
Are you an autograph guy? You a big autograph guy pregame? Oh uh, yeah, totally. Why not? You don't, you don't get to sign autographs. You only get to sign autographs a small amount of time in your life. Sign the fucking That's autograph. True. I I and I I definitely back up on that. You got I enough time in your in the in the day before the game to sign some autographs and still get your stuff done. What's a funny autograph story you have? Because we've had guys that have signed tits. We have guys that have signed like random beer cans. Like, well, what's the funniest oh, you've done? I don't know. I don't think I've had anything like that. I didn't, this was an autograph story, but like in the, in the middle of a game, um, what did I say? These two chicks were eating hot dogs. And I was like, that looks really good. Like, how is that? And they're like, come over here. And they're like, I lean my head back and they like fed me a hot dog. That was kind of dope. I never, <laughs> I never had any crazy <laughs> autograph stories. That's electric. Yeah. That's even an, that's an electric story. Yeah. And when you got, and you obviously notice this in hockey, when you guys are on the bench, you guys are kind of looking in the stands for females, like saying, look at row eight, whatever. Mm. Do you guys in the bullpen do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> in the big leagues, it's, it's crazy. You have to, I mean, you're looking at like the small amount of like range you have, but then like people are like, people have like binoculars and they're like, yo, third deck, left field. What <laughs> and you're like, how did you fucking see that? That's incredible. Yeah. And, and you know what the name of the name is, but has there been any stories of like teammates just writing numbers on balls and throwing it up to the crowd? Oh, yeah. That works all the time. That works all Hell the time. Yeah. I've never seen it not work, honestly. I mean, it, oh, it does for sure. And you know what also works too? I mean, having that blue check mark beside your name. I mean, that, that helps. Yeah. People love the blue check mark. I'm not a big social media guy and I don't like to, to throw it around. But like when people bring it up, they're like, you had a blue check mark. I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess. But yeah. That, <laughs> I would kill for it. <laughs> I would kill for one. I would. And then that's when you kind of make it on the social media game. And I'm grinding. I'm grinding on it. But that's when you know you've made it. When did you even get it, by the way? Was it when you got called up or when you're in the minors? Uh, I got it when I was in the fall league in the end of 2017. Me, Art Bishop, Joe DiCarlo, Max Posey. Uh, we had went to the fall. We played for the fall league uh, team. And that team was yeah. fucking stacked. But once you got, we were going to play on national television on MLB Network. So we had to protect our social media. That was kind of just a security measure. Yeah. Okay. I need and and if people want to like help me with security, maybe I'll get one too. Just just put that out there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how who to contact to get one. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how they did it. They were like, "You write our thing down, and then we're gonna contact Twitter and Instagram for you, and then you know, in a day or two, you have a blue check." We we're like, oh, "That's okay, electric. That's, that's electric." Have you thrown? And this is the last question I wanted to hear. I wanted to ask you here. Have you kind of thrown? I don't know. If, I don't know what your relationship status is, your relationship or not. But have you thrown? Even previously, have you thrown the I'm a pro baseball player at the bar? I, have you said that? I don't say it. My friends say it for me. Yeah, that Those are guys you want in the trenches, yeah, right? I'm, are- I'm more of a humble guy. I just like to hang out, you know, just do my own thing. And then they, they use my occupation as leverage to pull them to the table. Hell yes. Yeah. I know to be hand up that that's that like that's what most guys would Yeah, do I mean you place. need those guys in your corner. Like if you're the the humble guy who's just gonna like hang out there, you know, maybe some things aren't gonna pass your way. But if you got your your bros who are mad aggressive throwing <laughs> throwing your hat in the ring everywhere they go, you're like, all right, well, I'll take what I can get too. <laughs> those are le- that's legendary shit. Like yeah. those guys are led forever legends. But yeah, so let's get a prediction here. Like, what are we expecting velo wise coming into spring training next year? Oh, I want, I, I have a number written down that I like look at every day. Um, 97. That's what I want. I want 97. 97. Yeah. That's I, my birth I, year. I touched 98 in, um, in Modesto uh, a couple times, never been back, but I feel real healthy. Body feels great. And the number I really want is 97. And when I see that pop up, I know we're good. 
Hell yes. Hell yes, dude. That just fires me up because 97 is attainable. If you've touched 98 pre-Tommy John, yeah, like especially with, Tom, with, with the whole with the whole with the new UCL or whatever, you might 97 might be a little bit low. I'm gonna say, but whatever. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. 97 from Matt Festa. <laughs> I mean, that's just an electric, electric call out. But, anyways, though, man, what an interview. Just electric. Two Italian guys going at it, just shooting the shit. What a guy. You're gonna be seeing him pitching soon. Safeco Field. My boy, Matt Festa, appreciate you doing this, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.